We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Away we go, episode 539 of the Al Galdi podcast. It is Thursday, March 30th, 2023. It is opening day, 2023. Opening day of the 2023 Major League Baseball regular season. Nationals home to the Atlanta Braves Thursday afternoon at 105. Orioles at the Boston Red Sox. Thursday afternoon at 2.10, a new era of MLB has arrived with pitch clocks and the limiting of infield shifts. If you can't be optimistic on opening day, when exactly can you be optimistic? Hello and welcome to this Thursday installment of the Al Galdi podcast. The Nats over under win total per BetMGM is a mere 59 and a half. Uh, I am taking the under. Uh, the Nats last regular season when a major league worst 55 and 107 with a major league worst run differential of minus 252. Their two biggest problems were a lack of home runs and horrendous starting pitching. And neither problem has been addressed to any true extent. And in fact, uh, you very much could argue that each problem now is worse. However, if you are a Nats fan, this season is not about wins and losses. Divorce yourself from the concept of winning and losing, as odd as that may sound. This season is about the development of younger players. And to that end, the Nats do now have a core of potential building blocks at the major league level in starting pitchers Mackenzie Gore and Josiah Gray, shortstop C.J. Abrams, catcher K.Bert Ruiz, and second baseman Luis Garcia. Uh, it is awful that starting pitcher Kate Cavalli is out for the year due to Tommy John surgery. But Gore, Gray, Abrams, Ruiz, Garcia, those are guys on whom you can focus. The Nats, of course, are a rebuilding team. This season almost certainly won't be pretty, but hopefully some pieces are in place. And the Nats' form system is better, too. MLB Pipeline last week ranked the Nats as having the number 10 form system in baseball, although a lot of that uh, is due to the mega trade of outfielder Juan Soto and first baseman Josh Bell last August. As for the Orioles, so their over-under win total for BetMGM is a disturbing 77 and a half. Yeah, 
the over-under win totals and the advanced statistical projections are not high on the O's despite their big step forward season last season. This is concerning that both the Sharps and the Nerds are down on the O's, uh, but I am taking the over just because the O's have so much promising young talent at both the major and minor league levels. Heck, the O's have the number one farm system in baseball per MLB pipeline. And the team's baseball operations now is run in such a good way. But, you know, it wouldn't be shocking if the O's took a step back this season. You do see that sometimes with teams coming out of rebuilds. A step forward season, then a bit of a step back season, and then another step forward season. This happened with the Houston Astros 2015 through 2017. But, They, in 2017, did win the World Series. Uh, Never mind how they won that World Series. The NFL's annual league meeting is done, took place at the Biltmore in Phoenix, Arizona, Sunday through Wednesday. Wednesday was not the Commander's News Day that Monday and Tuesday were, but we did have a bit of an update on the sale of the team. Uh, So we, on Tuesday afternoon, had those reports of two fully funded offers of $6 billion for the Commanders, one from the group being led by Philadelphia 76ers managing partner and New Jersey Devils managing partner Josh Harris, and the other offer from Canadian billionaire Steve Apostolopoulos. But sports business insider A.J. Perez of Front Office Sports, he late night on Tuesday night reported that, quote, Harris's bid of nearly $6 billion is the only offer made so far that is backed with the financial resources needed to get through the NFL's vetting process, a source with knowledge of the process told front office sports, Harris is the only bidder with a chance, the source said. And quote, well, on Wednesday afternoon, Fox Business Network senior correspondent Charles Gasparino, he in a series of tweets had this, quote, people inside NFL owners meetings say the league is skeptical about the size of any of the offers for commanders discussed in the media reaching a real $6 billion bid where they meet strict league rules on equity stakes, etc. It's bull bleep, says one NFL source, adding the bids come with contingencies. Thus, the real number is in the $5 billion range so far, end quote. So as we have come to know with the saga that is the sale of the commanders, uh, something that is said to be the case one day may not be the case the next day. So not so fast on two fully funded offers of $6 billion for the commanders. Boy, the reporting in this ordeal has been all over the place. All right, coming up on the show, a lot more from what commanders head coach Rod Rivera said in his session with reporters on Tuesday morning at the NFL's annual league meeting. Uh, Ron, in that session, spoke for 34-plus minutes. There was a lot of ground that was covered by Ron. And so I, on this show, want to get into a number of items that we did not get into on Wednesday's show, episode 538. Next segment, in-depth breakdown of the thing that Ron said that perhaps raised more eyebrows than anything. Ron saying, quote, we are roster building, I think, for the first time end quote. Huh? (laughs) What? Roster building for the first time? Ron's entering his fourth season as Washington head coach. What the heck was he talking about? What was that statement truly about? 
I have a lot to say about that. I will say those things next segment, and then I'm going to get into some notable comments from Ron on the team's offensive line and running back situations. Also on the show, I'm talking Capitals. Uh, They on Wednesday night did get a point, but what they really needed were two points. Uh, 2-1 shootout loss to the Eastern Conference wildcard leading New York Islanders at Capital One Arena as uh, time be running out for the Caps to make the Stanley Cup playoffs. Before we get to some feedback and uh, with this being opening day, all the best to former Nationals manager Matt Williams. Uh, He now is the San Diego Padres third base coach and infield instructor. We on Wednesday found out that Matt Williams has colon cancer, so certainly wish him well. Uh, Also, it now is official in college basketball. Mike Rhodes has left his job as VCU head coach to become Penn State head coach. Penn State made the announcement on Wednesday afternoon, and Ryan Odom has left his job as Utah State head coach to become VCU head coach. VCU made that announcement on Wednesday night. Uh, Look, if you're a VCU fan, no, you didn't want to lose Mike Rhodes, but all that VCU does is make NCAA tournaments with different head coaches. VCU this season made the NCAA tournament for the 13th time over the last 19 seasons in which there have been NCAA tournaments. Uh, No NCAA tournament in 2020 due to COVID, but this run for VCU has happened with five different head coaches. Jeff Capel, Anthony Grant, Shaka Smart, Will Wade, and Mike Rhodes. All of those guys left VCU for other head coaching jobs. VCU keeps replacing deported head coaches with guys who continue the success, so I expect that trend to continue. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Email from Jerry on the state of the Commander's fan base, writes Jerry, as we all anxiously await the announcement of the sale of the Commander's. Two important questions come to mind for me. First, where is Al Galdi going to get his Commander's news during the offseason? Second, are we relying too much on the sale of the team as a way of recapturing the fan base? The good news is that I have the utmost confidence in you meeting the challenge addressed in the first question. I have no doubt that you will be able to provide excellent programming on off-season Commander's News without having to cover all of the drama that comes with a team owned by Danny Boy. However, I am not so sure about the answer to the second question. How does a fan base get reinvigorated after two decades of being slowly broken down by such a bad owner? It seems that most DC fans have caught Sheenitis, <laughs> which can be described as a condition in which a person follows his or her local team but has lost the passion that the person once had for that team. Most people will say that if the new owner brings a championship to D.C., the fans will come. That may be true for that particular year, but it would not be the same as what the Redskins had in the pre-Snyder era or what teams like the Packers and Steelers have today. Fans have passion for those teams, win or lose. Today, the Commanders have a Jacksonville Jaguars-type feeling, stadium half-filled, and people finding better things to do on Sundays than watching the games. I hope the new ownership can turn this around, but am concerned that too much damage has been done. Maybe you can provide an uplifting message that will provide us, as well as your good friend Kevin, (laughs) hope that DC fans can recapture that passion and return to the glory days. 
Thanks for all of the work you do to bring us such a great podcast. Looking forward to the next 500 episodes and rooting for the team to be sold by the time that you do your 600th episode. Uh, Thank you for the email, Jerry, very much. Uh, Geez, I hope like heck that the team is sold by the time we get to episode 600. Well, I saw what the Washington Post put out on Tuesday morning, a poll in which only 15% of area residents now call the team, now called the Commanders, the residents' favorite pro sports team. 15% down from 31% in 2010. And the overwhelming reason for these people no longer having the team as their favorite pro sports team was, you guessed it, Dan Snyder. There is no guarantee that new ownership will restore the fan base of the team uh, back to the great level of the fan base, say, 15 years ago, let alone 30 to 40 years ago during the glory days. But, and Jerry alluded to this in his email, while there are many people who are less interested in and supportive of the team now as compared to yesteryear, A, there still are many people interested in the team to where it does remain the number one sports entity in the Washington, D.C. area in terms of interest, and B, while the team has declined greatly (laughs) over the last 30 years in terms of on-field results and interest, the NFL during that time has exploded in popularity and has very much widened the gap between the NFL and every other pro sports league in this country in terms of popularity. You know, something that rarely gets talked about is how in this time in which the Washington NFL franchise has been going down, the NFL has been going up. And so to me, the league has been like a rising tide raising all boats, including, yes, the Washington boat, or should I say super yacht? (laughs) Uh, But yeah, there remain a lot of people interested in the commanders, maybe not financially supportive of the commanders, but interested in the commanders, you know, almost like waiting for the team to finally become good again. And the NFL is so popular now. So I do think that if the commanders become a very good team again, and that's a big if, but if that happens, enough people in the Washington, D.C. area will be on board to where the fan base will be hot again. I do think that that can happen, and I certainly am hoping that that happens. Email from Dan in Minnesota on a popular topic this week, Commander's Edge defender Chase Young. Uh, This off comments at the NFL's annual league meeting, first from General Manager Martin Mayhew on Monday afternoon, then from Ron Rivera on Tuesday morning discussing the uncertainty, at least uh, publicly proclaimed, of the team regarding exercising the fifth-year option in Chase's rookie contract. Writes Dan, what is this team going to do with Chase? If it trades him, as some suggest, and I'm all for trading him, there are two paths. He's either terrible and Don Ron gets cooked for busting on a number two pick, or Chase blows up and the Don gets cooked for not realizing Chase's talent. I'd love for the team just one time to be on the winning side of a trade. Thank you for the email, Dan. You know, what is tricky with trading Chase Young, in addition to the gamble of him becoming a great player for another team, is that trading him this offseason would be trading him at his lowest value point, or at least a low value point. Uh, The commanders right now wouldn't exactly have a piping hot bidding war for Chase Young of his last two seasons, a 2021 season in which he was very disappointing and then suffered a badly torn right knee, and then a 2022 season in which he played in just three games due to the recovery 
from the badly torn right knee taking so long. And now a 2023 offseason in which the team is being so public about its uncertainty regarding the exercising of the fifth-year option. Additionally, a team trading for Chase would be acquiring him with just one season left in a rookie contract that, yeah, does include that fifth-year option, but the fifth-year option is for a rather pricey $17.452 million. Trading players is like playing the stock market, right? You want to buy low and sell high, not sell low and buy high. Well, the commanders this offseason in trading Chase Young would be selling low. That's why I think the better play would be to keep him, hope that he plays well in the 2023 season, and then if you want to trade him, trade him during the 2023 season or even next offseason. But trading him next offseason would mean exercising the fifth-year option this offseason, and that to me is part of the calculus on whether to exercise the fifth-year option. You know, if Chase Young does play well this coming season, him being under contract for the 2024 season for $17.452 million. Won't look so bad. And regarding Washington being on the winning side of a trade, look, the jury still is out on this trade, but that draft night trade that Ron Rivera, that Don Ron uh, made on the night of the first round of the 2022 NFL draft could end up looking really good. Uh, The commanders initially had the number 11 overall pick in the 2022 draft. They, on the night of the first round of the draft, traded that number 11 overall pick to the New Orleans Saints for a 2022 first round pick, the number 16 overall pick, a 2022 third round pick, the number 98 overall pick, and a 2022 fourth round pick, the number 120 overall pick. The commanders ultimately turned trading down five spots in the first round of the 2022 draft and trading away a 2022 sixth round pick, pick number 189 overall into four players, receiver Jahan Dotson, running back Brian Robinson Jr., quarterback Sam Howell, and tight end Cole Turner. Again, the jury still is out, but that trade could look quite nice as time goes on. Well, also quite nice are the results that you'll get for your business or practice by advertising on the Al Galdi podcast. We'd love to have you on board. Uh, Podcast advertising is very affordable, much more so than radio and television advertising. And especially in our current economy, podcast advertising is the way to go. Get bang for your buck. Podcast advertising works. Email us. See what we can do for you. The email address is the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What we on Wednesday's show, episode 538, talked a lot about two big topics that Commander's head coach Rod Rivera addressed in his session with reporters on Tuesday morning at the NFL's annual league meeting, which took place Sunday through Wednesday at the Biltmore in Phoenix, Arizona. And those two topics were the Commander's quarterback situation and this issue of whether the team will exercise the fifth-year option in the rookie contract of edge defender Chase Young. But Ron on Tuesday morning talked about a number of other topics as well, and I over these next few segments want to get into some of those topics with you. One of the things that we have learned over Rod Rivera's three plus years as Washington head coach is the language of Rod Rivera. You know, we now are fluent in Ronnie's. Ronnie's includes him changing his mind or at least changing his uh, public stances on things. Ronnie's also includes him saying things that make him look bad and that he then has to explain. Uh, Go back to this past October 10th. Uh, Ron, during his day after the game press conference off the loss to the Tennessee Titans at FedEx Field the previous day, was asked about the difference between the Commanders and the other three teams in the NFC East. And he said, quote, quarterback, end quote. Uh, Ron got harpooned (laughs) for what he said, uh, which came off as him throwing Carson Wentz under the bus, even though that wasn't really what Ron was doing, but it was easy to see how what he said could be taken that way. And so Ron ended up having some explaining to do. Uh, How about Ron's postgame press conference after the horrendous loss to the Cleveland Browns at FedEx Field on New Year's Day? Uh, That loss in conjunction with wins by the Detroit Lions and Green Bay Packers eliminated the commanders from playoff contention. But Ron, during his postgame press conference, came off as if he did not know that the commanders could be eliminated from playoff contention on that day. And so Ron ended up having some explaining to do. Well, Ron on Tuesday morning said something that requires maybe not explaining, but at the very least, some interpreting. And when you read what he said, boy, (laughs) you do shake your head. Uh, As we know, the commanders are not pursuing Baltimore Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson. As much as that disappoints so many in the national media. Boy, both Ron in his session with reporters on Tuesday morning and Commanders General Manager Martin Mayhew in his session with reporters on Monday afternoon at the league meeting got peppered with questions about the commanders going after Lamar and why they're not going after Lamar. This mission from the national media for the commanders to go after Lamar and the lecturing from the national media on why the team should go after Lamar, these things really have become like obnoxious because they completely ignore the valid reasons not to go after Lamar. Like, if you think that the commanders should be pursuing Lamar Jackson, that's not some crazy take, but acknowledge that, you know, there is an opposing take that has some logic behind it. Anyway, both Martin on Monday afternoon and Ron on Tuesday morning basically took a blowtorch to the notion of the commanders going after Lamar. This was Ron Rivera on Tuesday morning on why the team is not pursuing 
Lamar Jackson. And pay close attention to the end of the cut. The cut's about 50 seconds long. Here you go. Well, I mean, again, it's it's you you look at what the impact on your on, on your roster building is. What what were the assets we'd have to use to get him? Uh, what would the financial impact be? I mean, these are things that we have to think about separate of anybody else. This is this is why we did what we're doing. Okay, we were able to keep the defensive line guys that we have in place. We've got a couple other guys we got to think about on the defensive side. Three guys actually that we really feel are part of the core that we're trying to put together. Um, you know, we want to build up the offensive line. We got some dynamic playmakers, so we're in a position now. If you want to do something different, it may impact those dynamic playmakers that that front that you're trying to build. I mean, we are roster building. I think for the first time. And feel really good about being able to do the things that we're doing right now. All right. Ron Rivera on Tuesday morning, quote, We are roster building, I think, for the first time. End quote. Hmm. Roster building for the first time. Ron Rivera officially became the head coach of the team on New Year's Day 2020. Uh, We now are in late March 2023. Roster building for the first time? Cuckoo! Cuckoo! (laughs) Yeah, the idea that Washington now is roster building for the first time with Ron as head coach in the coach-centric approach when he has been head coach in that coach-centric approach since New Year's Day 2020 uh, is rather odd. Now, obviously, Ron did not literally mean that only now is he as Washington head coach trying to build up the team's roster. Uh, The team did conduct drafts and free agency and trades in the 2020, 2021, and 2022 off-seasons, unless all of that was a mirage. Uh, But Ron on Tuesday morning kept at it with this theme of roster building. This was Ron on what makes this the right time for roster building. Well, I think where we are with our playmakers on on on, on the offensive side of the ball, we've got a tremendous skill set of uh, you know, a tremendous number of guys that have a terrific type of skill set that fits. You sit there and you watch um, what Kansas City did, and you see those things, and you think to yourself, "Wow." We've got to be able to, to distribute the ball that way, get into their hands quickly, let them be dynamic, dynamic and explosive, and then you say, okay, what can we what can we do in terms of that? Well, we can look at some guys in free agency that are at a certain age and bring them in. Okay, the, so we, we wanted to be we wanted to be active uh, and we approach it where we can get guys that are in their fifth year, um, guys that are developed or at that precipice of taking the next step. Um, that's what we did on the offensive line, looking at those guys, then take a step back and then just say, you know what, now we can add some more pieces to the puzzle through the draft, and that stuff will keep your cap down um, and then allow for us to continue to build. Okay, all of that sounds nice. All of that sounds fine and dandy, but there's nothing specific to right now. There's nothing specific to this offseason to where Washington could not have been having this approach the last three off-seasons. And like I just said, Washington, in its three previous off-seasons with Rod Rivera as head coach, has been engaging in roster building. Here's the deal with this roster building theme from Rod Rivera on Tuesday morning. The theme is another example of Ron just kind of saying what comes to mind or saying what's convenient or saying 
what sounds good or saying what's appeasing or saying what's favorable in the moment. And this may sound like I'm bashing, Ron, but this really is more of an observation than it is a bashing. As we now are in year four of learning Ronnie's, we now are at an advanced level of Ronnie's. This is like Spanish for or French for if you took a language in high school and or college. I took Spanish. But as we now are in Ronnie's four, we now get that Ron at his press conferences slash media sessions most of the time talks a lot, right? He says a lot, but he also says things that shouldn't necessarily be taken as gospel because again, I think with Ron, there's a tendency to say that which is convenient and or sounds good and or is appeasing and or is favorable in the moment. And this is why it has seemed like he has changed his mind or at least changed his public stances so many times. And this is how we got something like the quarterback answer from this past October 10th. Heck, this might be why we got Ron going from initially not even wanting to start Sam Howell and what ended up being his impressive NFL regular season debut in the win over the Dallas Cowboys at FedEx Field in week 18 of this past season to then just days later, Ron telling commander's offensive coordinator candidates that he was positioning Sam to be the QB1 for the 2023 season. You know, a theory for that is that Ron just did that to change the narrative from a disappointing 2022 season and to get people excited about the 2023 season. Again, that which is convenient and or sounds good and or is appeasing and or is favorable in the moment. There's also this too. When Ron Rivera says that now the team is roster building, that's like saying that the rebuild takes three to five years. And we have heard Ron give that timeline previously, right? A rebuild, a culture change takes three to five years. And that is a means of communicating to ownership, which sure seems as if it is about to change that, hey, this process takes time and you need to have patience. And you can't just judge me as Washington head coach on my record as Washington head coach. And you need to keep me employed. Again, Ronnie's, we now are fluent in the language. And so I think that we now can properly interpret what he's actually saying. This was Ron Rivera on Tuesday morning on how much more challenging roster building is now, given how expensive quarterbacks have become. Well, what, what we really want to do is we want to look into how uh, Kansas City is able to do it. You know, and I know there was uh, when Coach Reed did one of his interviews, he talked about you know guys that have contracts that are friendly and give you the opportunity to continue to build your team. That's something that you know we've got to figure out and and and, and we're working on. Uh, one of the things that we've learned obviously is that when you have a young quarterback or you have a lot of young players on their first contract that's the opportunity to bring more of them in and find out which guys you want to keep around for a period of time and and then take care of those guys and then continue to build so did you notice something in that answer from ron rivera the something also was a something that we heard from ron in the previous cut that i played for you a referencing of the kansas city chiefs The Kansas City Chiefs now are the new Carolina Panthers. We over Ron's first three seasons as Washington head coach, right? Constantly and repeatedly and incessantly heard about the Panthers off, of course, Ron's first stint as an NFL head coach having been with the Panthers. Well, now that the commanders have Eric Bieniemy 
as their assistant head coach slash offensive coordinator off him having spent the last 10 seasons as a Chiefs offensive assistant, including the last five seasons as Chiefs offensive coordinator. Prepare yourself to hear a whole lot more references to the Chiefs. The Panthers talking point is old. That's played. The Chiefs talking point, hey, that's new. That's fresh. That is the way to go now. One more time. Ronnie's. (laughs) Know what you are hearing so you can know what he is saying. More now from Commander's head coach Rod Rivera's session with reporters on Tuesday morning at the NFL's annual league meeting, which took place Sunday through Wednesday at the Biltmore in Phoenix, Arizona. The Commander's offensive line. Major problem this past season. Major need for a rebuild this offseason. Where are we at with that rebuild? Uh, well, the Commanders this offseason so far have signed three unrestricted free agent offensive linemen of note, tackle slash guard Andrew Wiley, center slash guard Nick Gates, and a tackle slash guard Trent Scott. Also, the Commanders this offseason have re-signed unrestricted free agent center Tyler Larson. Uh, they this offseason have lost some offensive linemen who were unrestricted free agents, guard slash center Wes Schweitzer signed with the New York Jets, guard Wes Martin reportedly is signing with the Cleveland Browns. And don't forget, the Commanders have parted with offensive line coach John Matsko. This was Ron Rivera on Tuesday morning on how he's feeling about the Commanders' offensive line. I feel very comfortable with it. I, I really do. You know, we, we made a concerted effort during free agency to go out, uh, fortify the line, add some depth to the line, um, add some competition. Uh, we got guys that are also position flex guys. So to give us an opportunity to see the best places to have these guys um, and, and integrate them with the guys that are currently on, on the roster. Yes, and your ears, they did not deceive you. Uh, we right there did get Rod Rivera saying one of his favorite phrases, position flex. Uh, we got guys that are also position flex guys. Yes, Ron, thank you. Position flex. And, you know, he's right about that. Andrew Wiley, Nick Gates, and Trent Scott, all three guys have played multiple offensive line positions. Now, it may well be that the commander's offensive line rebuild is not done. I hope that the offensive line rebuild is not done. A lot of mock drafts have the commanders taking an offensive lineman with the number 16 overall pick in the 2023 NFL draft. But as things stand right now, what is the commander's starting offensive line? Ron Rivera on Tuesday morning on whether he has a starting five for the commander's offensive line for the 2023 season. I think we I think we have a, a group that can be our top our top five. You know, we got some guys that really got to compete. Um, you know, our left guard will truly be a competition in terms of um, watching Sadiq and 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 Chris Paul compete for that. Uh, I think both those guys are, are young guys that got to play. Uh, Sadiq's an explosive guy, very powerful. Um, you watch. Chris Paul in practice. You watch the the tape from some of the uh, snaps he had in, the, in, in, in well the Dallas game for sure, and you see his play strength. You see his athleticism. So that's the thing that's exciting, and I think that's what's been created uh, with adding the players that we've added, and at the same time, you know, recognizing the fact that these young guys are going to get the opportunity. All right, how about what Rod Rivera in that cut said about the left guard spot? He talked up a competition between Sadiq Charles and Chris Paul. Nothing wrong with that, but (laughs) 
What about Andrew Norwell? Uh, Andrew Norwell is not a free agent. He is under contract for the 2023 season. The Commanders last March signed Norwell as an unrestricted free agent to a two-year contract. Uh, He did not have a good 2022 season. Andrew Norwell's overall grade for pro football focus for the 2022 regular season was a mere 59.8. PFF grades are on a scale of 0 to 100. Uh, Norwell has been viewed as a potential salary cap cut. And Ron, on Tuesday morning, (laughs) not even mentioning Norwell and jumping right into talking up a left guard competition between Sadiq Charles and Chris Paul. Boy, did that seem telling. Uh, This was Ron's answer on Tuesday morning when he got asked, hey, what about Andrew Norwell? Andrew's going to be there. You know, we've got to go through the process and finish up all of our evaluations uh, and got to get through the draft as well. Yeah, you know, we last segment talked about Ronnie's. Uh, the translation of the Ronnie's that we just heard is, uh, yeah, we may be cutting Andrew Norwell. You know, Norwell, center Chase Roulier, left tackle Charles Leno Jr., tight end Logan Thomas, all are potential cap cuts. We'll see what happens. Uh, I do not think that the commander's starting offensive line for the 2023 season is set. Beyond the right side appearing to be Andrew Wiley and Samuel Cosme in some form. One guy at right tackle, the other guy at right guard. I certainly could see Leno again being the team starting left tackle, but if the commanders spend their first round pick on an offensive tackle, then uh, all bets with Leno are off. What about running back? Uh, A lot of talk about whether the commanders should be open to taking Texas running back Bijan Robinson with their first round pick in the 2023 draft. Uh, no thank you is uh, what I say to that. Nothing against Robinson, but generally speaking, spending a first round pick on a running back to me, big time no-no for a variety of reasons. But I could see the commanders taking a running back on day two or day three of the draft. Uh, The commanders on March 14th announced that they had released running back J.D. McKissick, so he's gone. The commanders, of course, do still have running back Brian Robinson Jr., but the 2023 season will be the fourth and final season of the rookie contract of running back Antonio Gibson. Uh, This was Ron Rivera on Tuesday morning on the possibility of the commanders this offseason adding to their running back mix. I'm well, adding to it is important for us. You know, um, we've got a couple of guys that we like that, that are going to compete as well. But we will pro- most certainly look for another guy to come in and, 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 and be a multi-purpose guy. And uh, do we have that guy on the roster? Maybe. Um, is there a guy out there in free agency potentially? And could you draft one? Possibly. <laughs> okay, well, nothing definitive from Ron Rivera right there. Although we did say that the team adding to its running back mix, quote, is important for us, end quote. What about Antonio Gibson? Uh, He last preseason, remember, lost his spot as the team's RB1, did end up being the team's RB1 for its first four games of the regular season due to Brian Robinson Jr. getting shot. Uh, And then Gibson settled into being the team's RB2, uh, with the idea being getting him the ball in space more often, Uh, perhaps as a pass catcher. He also served as the commander's primary kickoff returner. Uh, J.D. McKissick in the 2022 regular season played in just eight of the commander's 17 games due to a neck issue. So Gibson did end up essentially performing the McKissick role. But, you know, Antonio Gibson finished the 2022 regular season with 899 combined rushing and receiving yards, his fewest over his three NFL regular seasons, and his combined five rushing and receiving touchdowns, his fewest over his three 
NFL regular seasons. Know this too, for all of the talk about Antonio Gibson's explosiveness, he in the 2022 regular season had just one carry that went for at least 20 yards. And it was a carry that went for exactly 20 yards. Uh, He and the win over the Green Bay Packers at FedEx Field in Week 7 had a second quarter, second and 10, 20-yard under center handoff run on a drive, by the way, that did result in a touchdown catch by Gibson. This was Rod Rivera on Tuesday morning on if he could see Antonio Gibson in the 2023 season having a role similar to what he had in the 2022 season, during which he essentially had the J.D. McKissick role. Yes, absolutely, because all all that Antonio's done every year is just improve and grow and become a little bit more of a complete football player, and it's one of those things that he had to learn, obviously, coming from, from, from Memphis being a wide receiver. Every year he's taken a good step, and every year he's shown he's a very good football player. Unfortunately, this year with the foot injury, you know, set him back a little bit, slowed him down. Um, you know, in, uh, two-thirds of the way. It's just, it's just one of those things that is unfortunate. But his skill set, his abilities, his desire, they're all there. Nice words from Rod Rivera on Antonio Gibson, who over his three NFL seasons has been banged up a lot, but to his credit has not missed many games. Gibson over his three NFL regular seasons has played in 45 of a possible 50 games. Uh, the commanders, though, need more from the running back position. And some of that, yes, is about the offensive line needing to be better. But Gibson and Brian Robinson Jr. in the 2022 regular season combined for just three carries of at least 20 yards. Three. That's it. Got to do better than that. Well, the Capitals on Wednesday night played a game that ended up being something that the Caps had not had in a while, a defensive game, uh, and the Caps did lose. Uh, they fell to 34-32-9 with a 2-1 shootout loss to the Eastern Conference wildcard leading New York Islanders at Capital Win Arena on Wednesday night. So the Caps did get a point, but they are running out of time to make the Stanley Cup playoffs. The Caps now have 77 points, five points behind the Pittsburgh Penguins for the Eastern Conference's second and final wildcard spot. But the Caps are one of three teams in the Eastern Conference, each with 77 points. And the Caps also trail the Florida Panthers in the wildcard standings. And the Caps have just seven regular season games left. Again, running out of time. Uh, the Caps and Islanders on Wednesday night combined for just three penalties. So the Caps did not have a single power play the entire game, and the Islanders had just one power play the entire game. The Caps went 1-1 on the penalty kill. Uh, Darcy Kemper was the Caps' starting goaltender, and he was great. He stopped 28 of the 29 shots on goal that he faced. He was especially good in a third period that ended up being scoreless. Uh, Kemper, in the third period, stopped all 15 of the shots on goal that he faced as the Caps in the third period got walloped in the puck possession battle. Just five shots on goal to the Islanders 15 and per natural stat trick, just seven five-on-five shot attempts to the Islanders 24. Darcy Kemper was really good on Wednesday night, but the Caps had a hard time at generating offense. Uh, Their lone goal came from winger Connor Sheary. He had an unassisted even-strength goal in the second period. His 15th goal in this regular season. You know, here we are, 75 games into the Caps' regular season. They have just one player who has scored at least 20 goals. Winger Alex Ovechkin, he has 42 goals. The team's next highest goal total 
is winger TJ Oshie's 19. Uh, speaking of Ovechkin, he on Wednesday night had no points, just one shot on goal and a game worst four giveaways, although he did also have a game high tying five hits. Uh, but we had another pointless game for center of Genny Kuznetsov. Uh, he did finish number one on the caps and five on five shot at 10 percentage for the game per natural stat trick. But Kuzi had no points. Uh, if Genny Kuznetsov now in this month of March, one goal and two assists. That's it. One goal, two assists this entire month. Uh, by the way, Kuznetsov on Monday did deny that he is asked to be traded. Uh, Match TV of Russia on Saturday reported that Kuznetsov, via his agent, had requested to be traded. And the request per the report, not the first time that Kuznetsov has asked to be traded. Whatever. All I know is a guy who I trust a lot and a multi-time guest on this podcast, Caps insider Tarek Elbashir of The Athletic. He in a mailbag column that came out on March 21st, wrote that, quote, Caps decision makers are disappointed in Kuznetsov's season, end quote, and that, quote, trust is broken, end quote, between the Caps and Kuznetsov. Uh, Tarek pretty clearly got his intel from Caps management. Things are not well between the Caps and Kuznetsov. By the way, no winger Sonny Milano for the Caps on Wednesday night. He remained out due to an upper body injury. Next up for the Caps, a game on Thursday night, uh, and this game is at the team that has won the last three Eastern Conference championships, the Tampa Bay Lightning, Thursday night at 7. And that will do it for you and me for now. Keep the feedback coming. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Friday show, episode 540. We'll provide you with more on the commanders. Also, we'll talk Nationals, Orioles, and Capitals. The Nats and O's, they begin their 2023 regular seasons on Thursday afternoon. Opening day, Nats home to the Atlanta Braves at 105. O's at the Boston Red Sox at 210. The Caps are at the Tampa Bay Lightning. Thursday night at 7. Have a great rest of your Thursday, and they'll talk to you on Friday. Uh, We got guys that are also position flex guys. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.